Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are previewing what was, before the season, a potential Big 12 semifinal, as my guest has uh, kindly reminded me. But, unfortunately, that has not happened. And it's not because the Jayhawks did not live up to their end of the bargain. Yes, we're talking about the Texas Tech Red Raiders and this weekend's game. And joining me, as he normally does for these huge matchups that we have, is Mr. Albie Shore himself of the Tortillas and Takes podcast. Albie, how you doing today? What's up, Andy? Yeah, um, we didn't hold up our end of the bargain from the very beginning. <laughs> game I know, one. man. <laughs> we said, uh, this is not going to be... You know what's funny about those type of games? So you lose to like a team like Wyoming or you look bad against... A group of five team or an FCS team or what have you for Texas Tech anyway it's always every year if something like that happens there's a thought of huh well you know it's just it's a fluke everybody it, it, when in 20 I think it was 2011 uh, we we barely beat Nevada oh it was a fluke All right there was another year <laughs> we have we, that in common <laughs> yeah well but that's it's, it's yeah that's well for y'all it actually was a fluke right this year we you know lose to Wyoming it's a fluke uh, for Texas Tech, if we struggle against a group of five or FCS team, it has not been a fluke since I've been a fan. That is usually a foreshadowing for the rest of the year. And so sure enough, the Wyoming game was foreshadowing. Like we, I mean, and, and again, for Texas Tech, bad luck. People are going to talk about the fact that we've had a lot of injuries and the whole, you know, the fact that we can never have our quarterbacks healthy, the fact that we can never have an O-line with any depth. You know, we've had injuries on defense. People can talk about that and, 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 you know, balls not bouncing our way and stuff like that. At this point, it is 2023. We have had this bad luck for, I've been a Texas Tech fan for a long time, right? We have had bad luck like this for as long as I can remember. Right, even our greatest year, Andy, in two thousand and eight, our best year. Everybody remembers the Crabtree catch. What people do not remember is the very next week we got curb stomped by Oklahoma, and then we lost to Ole Miss in the Cotton Bowl game. People seem to forget about that. That is life as a Texas Tech fan. So this should be no different. 
Yeah, I mean, I will say that it's it is a little bit different, right? Because you came into that game, and Wyoming is a team that has been a little spicy, you know, against a lot of people. And you know, I distinctly remember in our preview you talking about, "Hey, don't look past that Wyoming game. That could be a tough one for the for you know for the Red Raiders." And turns out it was, you know. And then they came back and played a very tight game against Oregon, and a lot of people were willing to write off that Wyoming game as kind of a fluke, like you were talking about, or a you know a, a poor showing at the very end against a team that was better than a lot of people gave them credit for. And if you look at Wyoming, the only game that they've lost that they probably shouldn't have was the game against Boise state. Um, You know, they lost to Texas after holding very, you know, being very, very close with them for a half. They lost to air force who was, you know, undefeated and ranked in the top 25 and, and in the college football playoff rankings. So like, it's not like it was a, you know, a team, that you look at now and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe they lost. They're such trash. It's like, no, you lost on the road at the beginning of the year to a very tough team. Unfortunately, it's all the stuff that's happened after that that's been kind of the issue, right? It's like, well, but here's so here's the solace that a lot of tech fans have had is that with the exception of BYU, all of our losses have been to good teams, right? What the, at the time when we lost to West Virginia, it was, oh my God, the sky, the, the, the sky is falling. How the hell could we lose to a team as bad as West Virginia? Well, West Virginia is now having the best season in the Neil Brown era. They're going from a team that was predicted to finish last in the Big 12 to a team that's technically still fighting for a potential spot in the Big 12 championship game. Like, West Virginia is is way better than anyone expected them to be, right? Then you have K-State, and K-State, of course, was expected to be as good as they are. <clears throat> you know, and they're actually, if anything, I expect them to be better. But expected to be as good as they are. And... Texas Tech actually played them very well, and there's a big question of, well, Baron Morton never gets hurt in that game, right? Baron Morton gets hurt. We were down by less than a touchdown. Uh, Strong, Jake Strong comes in there and actually takes the lead in the third quarter, and then the wheels fall off because we decided to throw it 50 times with a 18-year-old. That's neither here nor there. But uh, so that, that's kind of been the saving grace for Tech fans of that, yes, we're four and five, but four of the losses were against teams that actually are pretty good, and the fifth loss yeah, we lost. Yeah, we didn't look good. But that's also because we decided to throw an 18 year old out there that, and, and he was responsible for five, that offense was responsible for five turnovers. And if we didn't have the horrific luck that we have, maybe we're now sitting at five and four as opposed to maybe we're sitting at six and three as opposed to four and five. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, it also was a game against as Philip has taken a lot of joy in calling them the BYU vampires. Um, you know, it was a late night game. Wasn't it a late night game out in the, it was, a, yeah, it was an it, evening. Yeah. It was an evening game. It was also their, their homecoming, first, wasn't it? It was homecoming and it was their first. So we, we actually, when we had the beard and uh, pod in, um, or not the beard and pod, the, uh, the Brigham hell pod in on, in the off season, they mentioned something that was interesting. And they mentioned that that game was their was going to be treated as if it was their true first big 12 game. They had a game, home game earlier this season, and it happened against Cincinnati. Right. It's Cincinnati. They're also part of the freshman four. It doesn't still feel like you're in the Big 12. That Texas Tech game was the first game against a traditional Big 12 member where it was like a we have finally arrived game. Like you said, it was homecoming. They pulled out all the stops. It was an evening game, nationally televised. They had, uh, you know, they had everybody. The halftime was crazy. It was, and, and it was, it was a game that I was already worried about before Baron Morton went out because of, because of all this, right. all the extracurriculars and then all the extracurriculars happened. And it's like, well, we don't even stand a chance at that point. Yeah. I mean, so it's not, it's not something that you're extremely like, I think it's, it's possible to come up with a reasonable explanation, right. For all the losses that you had. Um, 
The problem is, of course, that's still five losses. You still need yep. to win two of your last three games against, you know, at on the road at Kansas, then home against UCF, and then on the road at Texas to end the season to be able to go bowling this year. Um, well, I guess unless there's, you know, not enough teams that are eligible to go bowling and maybe you can go at five and seven. But, um, you know, I, I don't know that I would necessarily lame. count on that because it's like the, the well, AR – the A the ARP that's stuff. That's also lame, and, though. Like, I honestly, and this is my, I don't want to go to a bowl at five and seven. That's embarrassing. That's I don't, don't, don't. Like, it's like last year. So there was a question of whether Texas Tech basketball would go to the NIT. And I was like, don't, we, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. This is, this is certain seasons when you're five and seven. Actually, I want to say a lot of the times those five and seven teams are a group of five teams, right? Because then it's, it's a privilege. It's a, it's, a, it's an amazing accomplishment to be five and to just go to a bowl and, and you'll do whatever it takes to go, get there. Texas Tech, especially, and I think the problem is, is that you bring up a good point that we can make reasons for the five losses, and I kind of just did, but still five losses. And this was a team that I think I feel better about the five losses if we were supposed to be here. If at the beginning of the season we were like, yeah, this is going to be like a five and seven team, six and six team, we're just hoping to get to a ball game, and we're sitting at four and five, I'd be like, okay, well, this is why it's X, Y, and Z. This was a team at the beginning of the year, like we talked about, that was supposed to be a dark horse contender for the Big 12. This was a team that was supposed to be looking at my prediction. I had never predicted this in my life. Was a nine and since 2010, I've never predicted Texas Tech to go nine and three on a season, and I predicted to go nine and three on a season, right? Thinking that. You know, I, I remember somebody said that our floor was seven and five. We are now sitting here and saying that we have to go undefeated to fit, to match what the floor was supposed to be at the beginning of the season. So that is, I think, the biggest problem of you. Sure, we can we can talk about the fact that oh well, Wyoming's actually a good team, and oh West Virginia's actually a good team, and 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 yeah, BYU State had all the extracurriculars, and Kansas State and the yada yada yada. We can talk about all that, but for we were also supposed to be a good team. Right. We were also supposed to be able to overcome whatever West Virginia was bringing to overcome whatever Kansas state and Lubbock was going to be able to bring. And we just haven't been able to do that. And so just even with, so I don't really, all the excuses that a lot of people have made as far as all the injuries and this, that, and the other cool, but this should have never been the case to begin with. We were supposed to be able to overcome all of that. And we're now sitting at four and five and a game against Kansas where finally Vegas is wise up and said, no, y'all are not the favorites. Cause why should we have been the favorites the last five weeks? Please somebody tell me that, but, um, but you know, it, it's, 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 we're finally out of favor. It's finally coming into a game where it's like, yeah, I don't, I, I, it, it's going to be tough for us to win uh, because of just where the seasons have gone. Cause on our end, we're not living it up on your end. You absolutely are. I mean, you're, y'all are playing, performing way better than I expected you to, despite the fact that I still expected this to be a really good year for you. You know? Yeah. I mean, this, so. this Kansas team honestly has been playing, you know, I, I was one of those fans, again, much like last year, right, where I predicted Kansas to be going to a bowl game, and they did it. This year, I was like, I could see them getting to 9-3. and three. Um, As it stands right now, you have to think that they're going to get to 9-3. and three. They might be 10-2. and two. Like, that's phenomenal for the Jayhawks. But I do think, though, one... I think a lot of Texas Tech fans bought into the national media hype of, hey, we project a lot of these guys to be much better than they were. And, you know, look at what they did in the last few games under, you know, uh, you know, in year one. Kind of similar to like what happened with Kansas, right? Where they get the big win against Texas down in, in Austin and then look good against TCU, you know, and look good against, uh, I believe it was West Virginia, um, you know, to end that year. And then everyone that was like, hey, they could take a step forward. Like, how big of a step is it going to be? 
But I think there was a natural assumption that, hey, they're just going to, they're just going to get better. Like Texas Tech is just going to get better. All the guys are going to get better. Yeah. Tyler Shuck's going to be back. You know, you can't count on an injury to a quarterback to, to derail your season, except somehow it's happened to Texas Tech pretty much every year for every the last, like, thing. it's the Nick Shimonet curse. I've right. actually figured this yeah, out. Yeah. No, it's we were actually curse. talking about that on the, on the 10 12 because you and I talked about it at the beginning of the year in, in the preview. And then it was, uh, you know, it was, um, Philip, who was asking about that, and I was, you know, I brought up the point that you guys had not had a quarterback that had started all, you know, all the games of the year since the guy right after Patrick Mahomes. And I couldn't remember his name at first, but I went and looked it up, and it was like, yeah, Nick Nick Shemenek was the last Texas Tech quarterback to play an yeah, entire. Well, this season is my as theory. Starter, so. This is my theory. So Nick Shemenek was the quarterback behind after Texas Tech, after Pat Mahomes. He was a decent quarterback. Wasn't Pat Mahomes, obviously, but he was a decent quarterback. We did not appreciate him. We didn't appreciate him because he wasn't Pat Mahomes. People complained about him a lot because he wasn't Pat Mahomes. He wasn't lighting the world on fire. He ended up getting benched before the Texas game. Undeservingly. We actually had this pod at the time. I didn't think he deserved that. I did not think he deserved to be benched in that game. He got benched, right? Then uh, McLean Carter was the quarterback at the time. He was awful for a half. At halftime, like a shining night, Nick Shimonet comes in the second half and actually wins the game in Austin against Texas. But I believe he put a curse on Tech. How dare you not appreciate me? And because of this, every quarterback from here on out will be injured. And we've actually had, I think we've not only been had a hurt quarterback every year. You've had two most years. We've had, I think every year since then, we've had to go to a third string quarterback every single year. I'm going to be honest though, like Alan Bowman and Tyler Shuck are two guys that tend to get hurt anyway because of the way that they play. And they don't seem to be the most. You say that Alan Bowman is still cooking in in Stillwater. I don't want to hear it. No, 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 but they held him out the first three games. Like, they made him rotate the first, you know, few games, and that was to keep him healthy by the end of the year. That was because he wasn't good. (laughs) None of them were good, though. he stunk. No, it was funny. He was clearly the best of the three. They were all bad, but he was clearly the best of the three, and they finally settled in on him, and now all of a sudden, you know, because of Ollie Gordon, they can't do anything wrong, but... Yeah, they they Jalen Milrode him, for sure. Yep, for sure. Um... But yeah, you know, Nick, Nick Shemenek, I guess just, he's like, I need to make sure that Texas tech people remember me somehow. So, you know, curse, you know, anyway. All right. So I, I, I do wonder though, when you look at this season kind of coming in lower than what your expectations were, do you think it's because of players not panning out the way that they're supposed to? Is it injuries or is it kind of what we've hinted at in a few cases that, I'm not really sure that, uh, you know, Joey McGuire and the coaching staff is using guys in a way that's as effective as it was last year. And so, like, which one of those do you think is the biggest issue with this team right now? So, it's interesting. So, I, I want, I do want to go back to one of the things you said is that, in the, in the fact that we, a lot of fans bought into the media hype. And a lot of us did, but it, I, and, and I've talked about this before on our podcast, Tortillas and Takes podcast, um, that, the media hype was warranted. We were an eight and five team from last year that brought virtually almost everybody back. Right. Even if you talk about Tyree Wilson going to the draft against in the bowl game against Ole Miss, who's now a top 10 team in the country, we beat the crap out of them without Tyree Wilson. So you're, you're telling me that you're bringing back 90, 85, 90% of your team, your starting quarterback and your backup quarterback that was supposed to be really good as well, all coming back next year. I thought it was warranted, but I think a couple of things happened in this, in this season. So it's, it's easy to point to injuries, but I'm actually not going to point to that primarily because we lost to Wyoming week one. 
right? As healthy as you could be, we still lost to a to a group of five team, even if it was a good group of five team. So I think one is is that though we went eight and five last year, there was a lot of games we could have lost. So I think that was one piece of it, right? Houston, we could have lost. Texas, we could have lost. Oklahoma, we could have lost. Like there was a lot of games that were coin flip games that for the first time in a decade, Texas Tech usually loses those coin flip games. We're winning them. We were, we could have just as easily been four and eight, five and seven as we were eight and five. So I think that's a piece of it. And that a lot of those coin flip games from last year are now going against us this year. So that's, that's, that's one part. Another part is, we're not, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think, I don't think a lot of the players are getting coached or they're not necessarily not getting coached up. Well, I don't want to say that. That's not a right way to say it, but they're not utilizing our strengths properly. Right. We, we joked about it on TNT podcast and we, we do this every week now, what it seems like. Todd Brooks is one of the best. He's one of the top five running backs in the conference. Um, there's a clear A group, even though uh, I, ever since I mentioned Jonathan Brooks and Todd Brooks potentially being the top two, Ollie Gordon has spat in my face and said, I am, how dare you? But, um, but there is a clear top five. And it's both Brooks, Ollie Gordon, Devin Neal, and uh, um, uh, TCU running back. Money. Um, Money yeah, Bailey. Those are the clear top five. And then there's a big drop off after that. But you have one of the top five. The difference between jo- Todd Brooks and the other guys, Todd Brooks and Monty Bailey and the other guys, is that Todd Brooks and Monty Bailey aren't being used like they should be. Like, that's really the, the big piece. Devin Neal, the only time Devin Neal gets to sit is because you have other great running backs that can just fill his place. Right? Like, that's right. right. A- like, Kansas honestly probably has two of the top 25 running backs in the nation, like, with how good Daniel Highshaw's been. I, so, I don't disagree yeah. at all. And then not and McDuffie. Like not like McDuffie's no scrub either. So yeah. and 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 so y'all use Devin Neal, utilize Devin Neal. Oklahoma State utilizes Ollie Gordon. Texas utilizes Jonathan Brooks, right? TCU and Texas Tech, I think, struggle at times because Todd Brooks and Imani Bailey aren't being used like they should be. It was my whenever we were previewing the TCU game, I said, you know, luckily for tech, I don't think TCU's gonna use Imani Bailey like they should. And sure enough, they didn't. And so that's, and actually they're probably the one team that's worse at utilizing their running back than we are. I do think Kitley sometimes uses them. We saw him in the new, in the Houston game. He used Todd Brooks a lot. We won that game against Baylor. We used Todd Brooks a lot. We won that game. Uh, but then you have games like BYU where we're not using him as much Kansas state where we're not using him as much. And so now I, I look at this game and I say, well, this is a game where everything points and says, Hey, you should run against Kansas. Their their secondary is very good. That's where the strength is. They have good corners. They have good safeties, right? Your receivers, your outside receivers this year, which is usually never a problem for Texas Tech to have good receivers, this is an anomaly. Our receiver core is not great, right? We're not able to get the extension and separation that we usually have been able to get. And this is a good secondary. This is the time. This is not only not only talking about the secondary, this is a this is a defensive line likes to tee off, likes to get sacks, right? Let's run the ball. That is my solace. My my thinking is if you're Zach Kittling, who loves to pass, somebody knock him over the side of the head and saying, hey, man, hey, man, relax. Look at the team you're playing. Run the ball. You have a top five running back. You have, one, according to efficiencies, one of the top 10 efficient running games in the country. In the country, run the ball. But Zach Kittling has also looked at that, spat in his face, and said we're passing it anyway. Yeah, well, I, I also wonder – you know, because you look at, say, the difference between a team like Kansas and a team like, you know, Texas Tech, right, where Kansas development has been fairly steady, but you look at who the coaches are and how they've been together for so long, they know exactly what they're doing. 
Whereas on, on Texas Tech end, you know, it's Joey McGuire. It's his first call, his first collegiate head coaching job. Um, you know, he has a staff of, you know, guys that have a little bit of experience, but nowhere near as much as you would expect from, you know, a really good, well put together staff that, ex- that really knows what they're doing. I think they can all get there, but I don't think that they have quite the experience of using the guys in the right ways. And so I wonder how much of that is just the coaches, you know, there was a lot of hype for what they were able to do early, but much like Sonny Dykes is finding out at TCU, like coming up to the big leagues and coaching in the big leagues, you know, in, in, in the, in the power five is not as easy as it might seem when you have, you know, a really, really good beginning, um, you know, first, first season there. I think the other thing too, that, you know, Philip talks about this all the time, especially when he's talking about Kansas and why teams play Kansas so well is that, you know, much, much like the Jayhawks, what Texas tech did last year is one of those things. It's, it's so much different than what most people do. And so you catch people by surprise the first time they see it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's playing Texas tech again this year that played them last year. Um, so, you know, you see the teams like Houston that are struggling. BYU struggled with it for a little bit, but like you said, there were some other things going on there. But, you know, Kansas State knew what to expect. West Virginia, I think, knew to some degree what to expect. So I, I guess the real question here is, you know, how much of it is an experience of the coaching staff trying to figure out how to use guys correctly? And how much of it is just the fact that, hey, now we know what they what they do you know, you guys don't really seem to have taken a huge step back on, you know, being aggressive on third and fourth down, but um, it definitely seems like teams are better prepared for it now than they were last year. So I, I'm just wondering how much of it's just the natural, much like, you know, second and third time through a lineup for a baseball team, you know, pitcher is uh, has a little bit more trouble because, you know, he's, you know, looking at the batters again or the batters are getting to see him again. Um, I, I'm wondering how much of that is in play here for Texas Tech. I mean, when it comes to like four downs and stuff like that, I, I, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the problem, Andy. Um, I love the aggressiveness. I, I personally think that I wish more teams, or you know, I've always felt that teams should be aggressive, and analytics has always pointed to the fact that you should go for more on third downs, and you're better off on a on a, a fourth and two from your 22 yard line. You're better off going forth and trying to and kicking a cheap chip shot field goal. Um, Lance Leipold is a little bit more risk averse. He's not not as willing to do so. He's a he's a guy that was born to be a coach. He's very traditional in some of his some of his ways. But it, one thing we, that he does that I think is incredible is he says we are going to make third downs manageable and get that third down conversion. You're one of the best teams in the country when it comes to third down conversions for that reason. Texas Tech says we have four downs to get a first down, so we're going to use all four downs. I don't have a problem with that. And I actually think that when it comes to that, it, it, still, it still works to an extent, right? We're still a decent uh, fourth down team in that, in that aspect. Um you know, I, I we're actually still second in the conference. We're we're two thirds of our fourth downs. We're converting. Like we're still really good on fourth downs. Here's the issue, Andy. Here is the issue. Here's the problem that I have. I have no problem with going for it. Fourth and one from your thirty nine. Absolutely. Hell, fourth and three from your thirty nine. Absolutely. Right. I already mentioned fourth and two from your twenty two. Do it. Uh, or from the opposing twenty two. Do it. Fourth down on your own side of the field, never do it. I don't care if it's a half a yard. I don't care if it's – and that is the issue. The game against TCU, we almost lost the game because we decided on a fourth and two on our own side of the field to go for it, and we didn't get it. Not only did we were up two scores, TCU scores a touchdown in the third quarter, 
we that we make that boneheaded mistake, they score another touchdown. They have the lead just like that within the span of a few minutes. They have the lead back because our coaching staff decided instead of using one of the best punters in the country to punt the ball, a guy who's right now in the running for the Ray Guy Award, instead of using him to punt the ball and use a field position game like Lance Leipold loves to do, we decided, you know what? We're smarter than everybody else. We're smarter than the 100-year history of, of football. We can go for it here, and we didn't get it. And so, and that's that's. There's no such thing as a cost a risk um, cost uh, uh, risk analysis. We don't do that at Texas Tech. We just say, you know what? Screw it. Analytics say go for it because they never played foot. AI's never played football, so we're just going to do what they say and go for it. And that's my whole problem. I have no problem with the aggression. I think that is all still the same as last year. Just for the love of God, don't go for it on our front side of the field. And I think that's really the change. Last year we go for it on our side of the field and we still made, it and everybody was like, ha ha, he's a genius. I feel like I was I felt like I was by myself saying no it's still not smart. Just cuz we converted does not make it smart. It's right, still right. I mean there was there was definitely something to be said about going for it in untraditional spots when you don't expect it. But now everybody expects Texas Tech to go for it every single time. So it's it doesn't it never catches anyone by surprise. It never is like this novel thing that you have to deal with. It's now it's just that's the way they do it. So let's it's, go ahead and stop them again. And it, well, it's just not worth it. Like that's the, yeah. that's really the thing. Like you converting a fourth and two from your own thirty or our own forty, even it's just not like what is. Oh, great, we still have another sixty yards to go <laughs> for a touchdown, and we still have another thirty yards to go to even get in field goal range. It's just not worth it, and that's the problem. But so I'm getting on my soapbox over one specific thing, but I do think that we are not. That kind of goes to my bigger point is that the, the we I don't I don't believe we are setting the team up for success in certain situations to where I think last year we did last year, there wasn't much that I had to complain about when it came from the coaching standpoint. I thought the def- I thought uh, defensively we put people in proper positions to be able to succeed. I thought offensively we did the same thing. Zach Kitley as an offensive coordinator frustrated me at times last year too, but it was a lot last year. I, I, we, and I think the fan base felt he was growing as a coordinator, right? He's only been a coordinator for a short time. There's only his, what this year is his fifth year total being a coordinator. He had two years at Houston Baptist, now Houston Christian. He had one year at Western Kentucky. That's it. And so he was, and mind you, he did an incredible job at Houston Baptist and at Western Kentucky. That was all, that was his entire, you know, uh, span. And so it was this idea that he's still learning, he's still doing things. This year, he's just not playing the strengths. Last year, at the very least, played his strengths. Some play calling that was questionable, but he he played his strengths. He said, "I have good runners. I'm gonna use my running backs. I mean, you put ball in receivers' hands." This year, he's just not playing the strengths, and that's I think some of the bigger things that we have defensively. Tim DeRuiter, love the guy. He's doing an incredible job. Um, I you know talking on our party, we were talking about second half adjustments. Tim DeRuiter does an incredible job of second half adjustments. I think the Houston game was a great, great example of that. Houston game, Donovan Smith came back to Lubbock and was tearing us up. He was ready. He had his revenge tour. He was killing it. Second half, they did not score a single point, right? Did it, Tim DeRuiter has done an incredible job of making those adjustments, um, in-game adjustments, mid-season adjustments. Just, he just now switched Tyler Owens, who's been playing a little bit of a strong uh, safety, now kind of playing that boundary safety, that Raider position. Uh, and I think that's going to be a positive. It's actually more, more of a positive because CJ Baskerville is taking over that strong safety position. CJ Baskerville had the best game of his of the entire season last week in that new position. All right, so Tim DeRuiter as a defensive coordinator has done an amazing job. Though our defensive stats don't necessarily reflect just how good the defense has been. The defense has sometimes been putting bad spots and they've come through. The biggest fault the defense has is these boys cannot get turnovers. 
That is their biggest fault. They, they, their biggest flaw, I would say, is they struggle to get turnovers. Malik Dunlap got a few in the beginning of the season. Rabbit has got a couple lately, but that's about it. Those were the only two guys getting interceptions. Nobody's getting fumbles. And so it's it's our, our biggest fault defensively is, is that we're doing as good a job as we can of trying to mitigate uh, errors, mitigate points, get stops when you can get them. But we just cannot get turnovers. And we're now playing a team that doesn't like to commit turnovers. So that's fun. You know, it's, it's funny because kind of like you said, you know, there's not a lot of flaws, right? But there are, there are a few. And you know, it's kind of one of those things to happen. There is one thing though that does not have any flaws. And that is the collection of fantastic collegiate apparel from sponsor on the podcast, the Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a local company based here in Kansas City that cover or that uh, has vintage collegiate apparel. It is some of the best out there. Uh, they want you to be the best best dressed fan this season. And let me tell you, the only thing wrong is that you don't have enough Charlie Hustle right now. They have fantastic stuff. They have great stuff for individual players. You know, for 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 Kansas, they've got stuff from Jalen Daniels. They have stuff from basketball too for Hunter Dickinson, and uh, you know, they have stuff from just a ton of different players. You're gonna find everything you want, and also all the Kansas stuff. They have Kansas football tees. They have just. You know, they have a Big 12 conference, uh, you know, the, the logo for Big 12 with the Kansas City skyline for the, for the, uh, they had that out in time for Big 12 media days. They just have a ton of great stuff for not only for the Jayhawks, but every single team in the Big 12 except for Cincinnati. Don't worry guys, they're working on it, but, uh, you can go and save and get the best deal and have the best collegiate apparel in all the land. By going over to charliehustle.com using promo code 101215. That's T-E-N-1215. And that will get you 15% off all non-sale items over at Charlie Hustle. All right. If you're in Kansas City not wearing Charlie Hustle stuff, what are you doing? Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Charlie Hustle, they got some nice stuff. Fantastic stuff. We're in Texas, so we got to order. I wear wear my stuff all the time because of how good it is. So, all right. I do want to talk more about this team, maybe talk about some individual players and how the matchups are going to happen. Um, But before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
and we're back. I am here with I'll Be Sure of the Tortillas and Takes podcast. We are talking, of course, about Texas Tech, the game coming up this weekend, um, you know, that unfortunately does not have quite the stakes that we were hoping at the beginning of the year. But um, just got done kind of talking about the coaching staff, kind of the early season. So I want to dive into the matchups between this offense and defense against the Jayhawks, kind of talk about a few players here. But let's go ahead and start on offense. What do you think is going to be the main point of attack for the Red Raiders? How are they going to try to, you know, attack the, as, as you've already mentioned, the fantastic defensive secondary that the Jayhawks have and a defensive line that has been very, very successful at getting pressure on people. Uh, so this is what I think versus what I hope. What I hope is that we use our running game. I think that they're, they're, defensively, if I was going to find a flaw in Kansas's defense, it's the run game. It's you, you've given the other teams the ability to run it, run it down a little bit more successfully than passing. I already mentioned that your pass rush is really good. Your secondary is really good. So that's really that piece that's, that has not been as successful. Uh, you'll, you know, just gashing us, gashing Kansas, Kansas up the middle and it's left you kind of susceptible. And so with, with Todd Brooks, I do think that we're going to have some sort of, of operation there and we'll be able to work there. And that's what I hope. Use Todd Brooks to open up a little bit of that passing game a little, right? That's what I hope. What I think is going to happen is we are going to, Coy Eakin had the best game of his life uh, last week against TCU. I expect that to happen a little bit more. I think the big reason why Coy Eakin is, is performing the way he is is because him and Baron Morton have good chemistry. Um, Coy Eakin is, is a shifty guy from the outside in, does a lot of those slant routes, and also does a lot of those hitches right there. And we'll be able to, I think, get some of those corners off a little bit. I think they're going to try to force it into him a little bit. I think they're going to try to force it into Miles Price. Miles Price is a guy that can catch and go. Um, he's he's somebody that's shorthanded, usually not going to have a lot of uh, uh, drops from him or anything like that. Um, and I think they're going to also try to do some end arounds to Miles Price, get the ball, maybe some screens to Miles Price. So I do think that, that I think that is actually how they're going to attack Kansas. But I do hope they use Todd Brooks a little bit more. But every time I look at a team and I say, man, they should use Todd Brooks, they don't. I think Kansas defensively, there's a good chance that you may end up having an extra person in the box just to force Texas Tech to run because I think that's a little bit, or not to force Texas Tech to run, force Texas Tech to pass, sorry. Because I think that's where that's where you want us to do. That's where you want us to operate. Baron Morton, last week's game against TCU was probably one of Baron, probably Baron Morton's best game of the season. Um, he was able to show his arm a little bit more than he has this year. But Baron Morton is still yet to just wow us. He's had one game in his career. Last year against Oklahoma State, we always talk about that game against Oklahoma State because that was really his, his entrance onto the scene. He stepped onto the scene and was amazing. Almost beat Oklahoma State what seemed like by himself. Then he tweaked his ankle in the third quarter. And that's what let Oklahoma State back into the game. And, and we ended up losing the game closely. Um, but he wowed us. And that was the game that we've been in ever since then. He got hurt immediately afterwards. But ever since then, I've been waiting for Oklahoma State Baron Morton to come back. And this year, he hasn't been bad. And I, there's not been a game Baron Morton has played this year where I'm like, man, he stinks. But there's not been a game yet so far that he just wowed me. And it's it's almost like where Kitley wants that game to happen. And the TCU game, I think he played very well, but he still wasn't. It was a and, – and I'll, I'll give him this credit. He doesn't make mistakes, which is good, especially against a defense like this that's going to be prone to trying to get those mistakes. This is a defense that likes to – they're going to try to pick you off. So getting – you know, not being susceptible to those mistakes is good for Baron Morton. But I, if, if he can wow us for one, this is the game to do it. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean – I think this is a game that you're right. Like, I think Kansas is going to try to get Texas Tech to pass. Um, it's going to, it's going to, you know, 
it's weird because yes, that's been the the weakness of this Kansas defense for quite a while as a running game. But as, as we were talking over in your podcast, like Kansas has made a, has redoubled their efforts uh, against the run in the last few weeks against Oklahoma and against Iowa state. And they've done a really good job at slowing down and stopping running backs. Um, you know, there was a, there was one play I think against Oklahoma that really kind of just talked about the extra level of toughness that they were playing. It was a guy, Tommy Dunn jr. Who, you know, gets on the field and plays in the rotation quite a bit, but he's not a guy that you would typically really, you know, notice while he's out there. Um, Dylan Gabriel was trying to run past him on a play and, you know, he stuck his arm out and kind of made contact with his shoulder. And normally that's like a, you know, the runner just like brushes that off and keeps running for another 20, 30 yards. Instead, no, he literally like grabbed him on the opposite shoulder pad and then slung him down like he was like a ragdoll toy and just like threw him on the ground. It was just like, what, what the heck? Like we have not seen this at all. And I think that's the perfect play that kind of epitomizes, you know, they get three or four guys that surround the ball carrier. And so the first guy makes a hit. And if he gets him down, great. If he doesn't get him down, there's usually two or three other guys. But in instances where Kansas had to make an open field tackle to avoid, you know, a 20 or 30 yard gain, they've been able to do that a whole lot more in the last couple weeks than they have you know, even the last like two and a half years under Lance Leipold. So there's been a real shift. I'm going to be very curious to see how well they're able to contain Taj Brooks. I don't think that they're going to be able to stop him entirely, but I do think that they're going to be able to keep him, you know, at least not as successful as you might think he would be assuming of course, that they go to him as often as they should. Um, you know, we'll, t- we'll talk about individual player amounts here in just a little bit when we uh, talk about our, our, our sponsor segment, but um, switching over to the defense before we get there, uh, Texas Tech's defense, what do they do to try to contain the triple-headed, you know, rushing attack of Devin Neal, Daniel Hyshaw, and Jason Bean, and while at the same time not allowing Jason Bean to, you know, just chuck the ball down the field to Quentin Skinner or Lawrence Arnold for, you know, 80 yards at a time? Yeah, they're going to do what I do every Sunday, pray. Um <laughs> And that's it. The episode's over. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, no. I mean, so I run defense. We're middle of the pack. We're we're a decent decent run defense, but we we've, we've gotten gashed. Any anybody who's seen the Texas Tech Kansas State game knows we've gotten gashed. Um, and so, and, and unfortunately, that's probably the fast running back we played this year. And guess who's faster? Uh, so, uh, but so I think one thing we'll do. One thing that we have done and it has been good is it will be tough to not only run up the middle, but for Jason Bean to have pre- uh, any breathing space up the middle. It's because our D tackles, uh, both Jalen Hutchins and uh, um, uh, the mayor, Tony Bradford, uh, are really good D tackles. That, that is basically not just some of the, the the heart of our D line, but I would argue the heart of our defense. Both of those guys are really, really good up the middle, and it's been tough for other teams to run anything up the middle. Problem is it's been a lot easier for them to run off the edges, Right. Those, those, uh, the A gaps have been tough, but the B gaps have been easy. Uh, the B and, and the C gaps and they ought to write off those tackles. And so that's why I think, unfortunately, especially for a guy like Devin Neal, that's where he likes to run. He's a downhill runner. He likes to come right off of that, that tackles ass and really get up the field right there. And so I think that's where the change that we've recently made with CJ Baskerville kind of not being that strong safety that can kind of come right up on the line there. 
is going to be helpful in that scenario. Um, I do think CJ Baskerville is going to be more prominent in the run game, uh, the run defense to be able to try to stop Devin Neal as much as possible, squeeze down guys like Miles Cole and Steve Linton in, in that rushing attack and have some of that outside pressure from both Baskerville and Tyler Owens. I think that's going to help. That's going to be necessary. If I'm the Kansas offense, I'm using Jason Dean's legs in this game. Because I watched Kansas State and I said they can't stop that. I watched Wyoming and, and the same situation happened in the Wyoming game. We could not stop that mobile running back. So I'm saying I'm using the the read option um and using Jason Bean's legs. And so if I'm DeRuder that knows that if, if I'm coach DeRuder to to counter that is the best thing we can do, which is using Tyler Owens and CJ Baskerville and some of our linebackers like Ben Roberts off the edge there and saying, okay, well. You know, if we can get you off the edge, if we can get these guys right here and squeeze down, then force them up the middle where our big guys are. Um, and, and a guy like Josiah Pierre right now is questionable for this game. He's had injury problems all year long. Josiah Pierre was killing it at the beginning of the year. If he's able to play in this game, that's huge. Uh, we just got Jacob Rodriguez back. He's a big boy. He's able to play, and he should be able to play in this game as well. That is the best way, in my opinion, to mitigate the running game as much as possible. Um on the outsides, our corner, our secondary on the outside is, let's see, we, we haven't, like I said, interceptions-wise, we haven't been great. We can be a lot better. Um, but again, we, this is a secondary that is, they are one that they, you disrespect them, they're going to they're gonna make you pay for it. So Malik Dunlap last year got targeted so many times. And eventually, by the end of the year, he went from, a, oh, man, they're targeting Malik Dunlap to, damn, they've been out targeting Malik Dunlap. He got so much better last year, and this year I think he's been our our quote-unquote lockdown corner. Uh, he's really been a guy that has really shut down a side, um, and we expected that from Rayshad Williams, but Rayshad Williams has really struggled this year. He has not been as good as he was last year, and actually he's even got a spot stuck. We've seen Brandon Lux, uh, a transfer senior, uh, come in this year and really kind of take on, especially last few weeks as he's come back from injury, take on that role of the starting cornerback. So our secondary is now getting back healthy. De'Adrian Taylor Demerson, a.k.a. the rabbit, he just had two interceptions in the last game. He is probably playing as good as he's played. And he's been, been one of the keys of our entire defense for the last two years. So I do think the secondary, if we do can squeeze down the run and they're not so focused on who is this running back going to come out the backfield like this? And they're just won't focus on locking down. Secondary can be good. I think where the secondary kind of slips up is when they're trying to do two things, too many things at once. And that's when you can catch them slipping. And, and I think that's part of the problem trying to play a team like Kansas is with the ability to do so many different things. You, you, you know, you immediately kind of force teams into thinking about trying to two, do two different things at once and figuring out which one they need to actually go on a particular play. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I do think that there is room for Kansas to, uh, you know, play their way into some really bad decisions offensively. Um, when when Jason Bean has struggled, it's been because he tries to make reads too quickly and picks the wrong one, um, or he gets overconfident in, you know, being able to fit a ball in somewhere where he doesn't necessarily need to. I think, to your point, he is – he is um, – he has the legs. He has been hesitant in the past to use them, especially since he, you know, he is the backup quarterback playing. And so if he goes down, you know, you have Kansas third string quarterback, you know, assuming of course you have Jalen Daniels as the, as the lead guy, um, you know, their, their, their backup for this game is a walk on. Uh, Cole Ballard is a guy who really impressed in camp, but he has not played a single down. Uh, I'm sorry, outside of this year, obviously, cause he's a freshman walk on, um, but he impressed them 
But like he came in for one snap against uh, against Iowa State when Jason Bean kind of took a hit to his knee, um, and they immediately had him hand off because they didn't trust him to throw. Which you know, not that surprising, right? With a freshman walk on quarterback, so um, you know he is he is a guy that I think could potentially develop into a really good you know a really good player, but he's definitely not ready for a game, even a game like this at this point. You know, at home in as friendly of an environment as you can possibly have. I don't think he's ready to, to step into that kind of role and try to take it over. So Jason Bean's been a little hesitant to use his legs to the degree that he normally does, considering, you know, when Jalen Dan- like Jalen Daniels last year got hurt on a on a run in the TCU game where he got hit and broke his collarbone going out of bounds. Um, you know, Jason Bean's gotten or he got hurt the year before on a run against Kansas State, you know, up the sideline. So it's like you know, that's where they've been into situations where guys are getting hurt and they don't really have the backup at this point to, to, you know, for him to be reckless at all. So I do think that they will still use him. Um, you know, you saw them do some more kind of trick stuff where like Devin Neal took a direct snap and pitched and pitched it back to Jason Bean, who then threw the ball, um, did, did that against Iowa state against Oklahoma. They did a lot of direct snap stuff to, to, to Devin Neal. I think the biggest thing that Kansas has going for them is they have so many different ways to use people and an offensive coordinator in Andy Kotelnicki who's not afraid to use people in a bunch of weird ways. Um, and so I do think that that will make it very difficult for Texas Tech's defense, but there's definitely a way for them to, you know, disrupt stuff enough that Jason Bean starts pressing. And if he starts pressing, even with them being at home, you know, that could spell some pretty big trouble for the Jayhawks in this game. So, all right. Um, so let's go ahead and jump over to, uh, you know, I mentioned our sponsor segment before. Uh, we're going to jump into some individual player picks here because, you know, this year, just like last year, we are sponsored by prizepicks.com. Price picks, it is uh, the legal way to play daily fantasy. They have all kinds of stuff from all the different sports you might think, including some, you know, special stuff like League of Legends and, um, you know, MMA. They just have a whole bunch of different stuff. Basically, what you do is you pick you know, two to six individual performers. Um, you know, they have, basically they have, uh, lines for, you know, yards, touchdowns, whatever. Uh, you know, they had MLB stuff until of course there's no MLB anymore, but, uh, they have NFL, they have NBA, they have, you know, college basketball, they have soccer, they have all kinds of stuff. You pick anywhere from two to six players, um, pick your side of whatever line it is that they give for your prediction and you can win up to a hundred times of the amount that you put in, just depending on, you know, if you get all six of them, right, man, that's a, that's a pretty good, uh, string you put together there, but you can go over to pricepix.com, use promo code chalk 12, and that will get you a 100% match up to your first hundred dollars on your initial deposit. Again, pricepix.com promo code chalk 12, um, to get that match. But let's go ahead and jump in, take a look at some of these lines and, uh, let's see which ones we actually like. Um, it's kind of funny. They only have a passing yard line for Baron Morton in this game. Uh, that said at 236.5, does that jump out to you as a number that's either really high or really low, or do they, or do you think they have it in the right spot? Well, they're in the right spot. They don't know what's going to happen. Right. So like, I think I, I would like to be less. I'm going to say low. Cause that's what I want. If he's not throwing the ball a lot, that just means that we ran the ball a lot with Todd Brooks. That means we were successful running the ball with Todd Brooks. I think that's actually a right spot, especially if you think Kansas is going to win because we're going to need to throw it a little bit more. Um, so, no, I think that's I think that's good. I'm uh, wait. You mean you won't be like UCF and you know get the ball and beat down three scores and go on a seven minute touchdown drive in this fourth quarter? 
<laughs> Actually, knowing this offensive coaching staff, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. No, I found it interesting that they did not have a line for Jason Bean, and I think the main reason behind that is that nobody really knows if the Kansas is going to be run heavy or pass heavy or if Jason Bean's going to, you know, take off for 100-plus yards running or if he's going to throw for, you know, 300 yards passing. He's done a little bit of everything this year, so I think it's really hard to pick where you think that should be with any kind of real knowledge. All right, so let's jump over to running backs. Um, they have two on the board for Kansas, Devin Neal at 86.5 rushing yards, Daniel Highshot 41.5, and then Taj Brooks they have at 121.5 rushing Ooh. yards. So they feel like – it feels to me like they expect Kansas to continue to struggle with rushing um, opponents, and they actually expect – Unlike what you were worried about, uh, Taj Brooks to actually get used quite a bit in this particular game. What do you think about any of those lines? Any of them jump out to you as either a really good one um, to you know pick a side on, or some of them that are just kind of like, what the heck are they thinking? Well, last week Taj Brooks had 146 yards. He's had 146, 170, 149, and 158 on the year. So that's the main reason why they have it there. Um, <clears throat> I again, if if Morton is has throws for less and Brooks runs for more. Texas Tech is going to win this game. I'll, I'll say that straight up. I mean, that's that has happened um, so far. That has happened four other times this year, and Texas won three of those four times, right? So if if Morton throws for less than two thirty and Brooks runs for more than one twenty one thirty, Texas Tech will win. Uh, let's just say if I was a very optimistic person, that's what I would bet. I am betting the under on Brooks. So I'm gonna just keep it there. I'm gonna just, <laughs> I'm gonna just keep that there. <laughs> Understandable, you know. This yeah. is, I mean, this is a game where Kansas Kansas has been able to take an individual player out when they are that you know that important to their offense and force other players to step up. So I could see that being an issue um, if, of course, Baron Morton can get the ball you know spread out and kind of like we were talking about over on your podcast. Um, you know, if he can get it to Miles Price, if he can get it to. Uh, you know, to Xavier White and some of those other guys and kind of open up the offense that way, then it will make it a whole lot easier for Taj Brooks to to actually get the yards that he needs to get for them to be successful. So, yeah. all right, jump, 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 excuse me, jumping over to wide receivers. They have four for the Jayhawks, three for the Red Raiders. Uh, Kansas, they have Lawrence Arnold at 59.5 receiving yards, Mason Fairchild, the tight end at 31.5, Quentin Skinner at 33.5, and Luke Grimm at 31.5. For Texas Tech, they have... Miles Price at 45.5, Xavier White at 43.5, and Jaron Bradley uh, at 32.5. Any of those jump out to you as what the heck are they thinking? I mean, to be honest, any of those. So Jaron Bradley, I don't, I don't know what his deal has been this year. He's, he's, he's been a struggle bus. Um, there's really no way around it. Uh, all three of those guys, especially White and, and Bradley, one catch and they can be over. It's really just a matter of are they going to do one catch or not. Um, Xavier White has been very successful at, at yak yards. He can, he can take, catch a slant and, or not even a slant. He can catch it at uh, a wide out and take it for another 50, right? I think one catch and he could be gone. Same thing with Jerram Bradley. Um, but Jerram Bradley is really only going to take it on a fade or a go route. And excuse me. I don't think I, I honestly, I think that's, uh, for Jerram Bradley, it's just a matter of really, he can, will he make two catches or not two catches. He'll have the over. Two. Interesting. All right. He's going to get two catches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say he's going to be, I think like a lot of the Kansas receivers that get one catch for like 20 something yards 
and then yeah. you don't see them the rest you of the You don't night. see them. Yep. You will yep. not see them. And that's, and that's disappointing, right? Like Duran Bradley, I, at the beginning of the year, I talked about it. We have a pantheon of, of great Texas Tech receivers. And not just, obviously, you know about Amendola and Crabtree, but I'm even talking about Detron Lewis, Kiki Kuti, uh, Eric Izukanma. Like these are guys that when they were at Tech really, you know, put their foot, Brad Marquez really put their foot on and was really beating teams. Texas receiver has not been a problem at Texas Tech. We a dream dream grant, or Jakeem Grant, sorry. Well, he th- like these are guys that have been good at tech. Duran Bradley, I thought at the beginning of the year was going to put his name with the rest of those guys as guys that were going to put their stamp on La Leon, put their stamp on the team. I keep names keep coming to my mind. Yeah. Um put their stamp on the team and then go out to great things. And he has just been I when it comes to players that have had disappointing t- seasons for Tech this year, he might be number one. It's it's been that disappointing of a season for Duran Bradley, um, really since the Oregon game. It's and actually I don't even know if he's considered a starter anymore. That's that's how 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 bad it's been. So oh man, that's uh, kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean I I if I if I'm picking all of these, I would probably say that I would go under for uh, White and Bradley just because of kind of what you were talking about. Uh, Price, I think, is going to be over, and I think he's going to have to be over by quite a bit if they're going to have an opportunity to actually win this game. Um, On the Kansas side, the problem is all of those are, like, right where I could see either side, right? Like, Quentin Skinner, he had two catches for, like, 80-something yards last week. Lawrence Arnold had three catches for, like, 100-something yards. Like, you know, Luke Grimm... Uh, he gets typically gets more receptions, and so he has better opportunity to kind of get those yards. But he's also the guy that usually catches like the seven or eight yard out routes to get a first down or things like that. So, I mean, I could see Luke Grimm getting five catches and still not getting over thirty yards, um, just because of the way that they play him. And then Mason Fairchild, he either he either gets a catch that's like way down the field, kind of like you know Bradley and White, and uh, you know he'll either have a forty yard reception down the field because he leaks out and a safety doesn't you know stick with him like they're supposed to. Um, or he just like the ball never heads its way for, for the game. So all of those are going to be, I think fairly difficult to pick, but reminder that you guys can go ahead and jump in on all of those and, you know, get that great promo there to, uh, to allow you guys to go ahead and jump in and have some fun and, and get a nice match on your initial deposit. But all right. Um, let's go ahead and wrap up with this. Just looking at this game, looking at everything that you've seen, how do you expect this game to go? Who do you got winning? So, yeah, man, in this, I'm going to do the same thing I did in my, my pod. In this, Texas Tech is 22-2 and two against Kansas in our in our history. 22-2, and two, all right? We usually, when Texas Tech sees Kansas, we say easy dub, right? This is, this is how it's always been. It's how it's always going to be. We are always going to be kicking Kansas's butt starting again next year, not this year. I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I just, this is... The first time, because even the one the one time since I've been a Tech fan where Tech where the Kansas won in 2019, that was a game that really, for Tech fans, we realized, oh, Matt Wells is not the guy. It was a game that felt like we kind of gave away. Um, and it was still a game that I think if, you, if that game was played 10 times, we win eight of it. However, we still lost. It didn't matter. This is the first time I can think of where I'm looking at this game and I'm saying, we are not the better team. Texas Tech versus Kansas. Texas Tech is not the better team um, in, in, in almost every way, right? Like the, you, you just are flat out the better team. In a neutral side game, I would think you're the better team. I think the only, you know, my my, my co-host Jeremy Gillen on the Tortillas and Tech's podcast, he said if this was 
you know, a game with every, if this was a game that was at home and, and you did have, um, you know, your third string quarterback in instead, and you did have all these other things happening to you instead, then maybe I would feel a little bit better about this. But this is a game where it really, you know, it's, it, it does not feel good for Texas Tech in this. The fact that we are playing a team that is just flat out better and we're playing it in Lawrence. Texas Tech is not good on the road. We're just not. And Joey McGuire's uh, two, almost two years now that he's been coaching Texas Tech football, we have won two road games at Iowa State in what was the world's ugliest football game last year, and then at Baylor this year because Baylor's awful and had only five people show up to the game. Like, that's it. Those are the only two road games we've had. Not only that, we have yet to beat a team outside of the state of Texas. We lost to BYU, lost to Kansas State, lost to uh, um, Wyoming. Right, we are yet to beat a team outside of the state of Texas. I think that's going to continue. I just I don't see a situation where we win. I do. I will. Let me rephrase this. I won't say I don't see a situation where we win. The way I see we can win this game is if Kansas, if eighteen to twenty three year olds are letting everything else affect them outside of the game, right? Which is the fact that Kansas State plays next week, and if we just if we went out, we're likely going to the Big 12 championship game, right? And we just got to beat Kansas next week. Mind you, I'm saying not beat Texas Tech. We just got to beat Kansas next Kansas State next week. If that's all they're thinking. They're thinking, oh, well, there was a report that Lance Leipold interviewed with Michigan State. And, oh, there are these rumors about Jalen Daniels. And, oh, this then. If they let everything else cloud their mind but the game, then Texas Tech has a shot. And the fact that I do think the Texas Tech – there is something to be said that we're going to basically be playing this game nine days after the last time we played against TCU. That is going to help also. Um, so I'm not going to say that we don't have a chance. We have a chance because of all those things, but I do think Kansas is just flat out the better team and playing at home. And so therefore I got, I got Kansas winning this. I do think it is going to be somewhat of a close game because of everything I mentioned, as far as all the outside noise, I do think we can punch you in the mouth early on. Um, but I think that Kansas will have the lead going into the fourth quarter and you will have a drive that'll put the game away. Kansas wins 34, 24. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, you know, you couldn't possibly have worse special teams than us, but then I looked at, you know, what your kicker, uh, has done and he's basically been about the same as our kickers. Uh, so, you know, it's not like, uh, you have an advantage there on special teams either. And so, uh yeah, I mean I I we have, agree. A, great, we have a we have a great punter. Yeah, we have a decent <laughs> we, punter. which we don't He's use. Definitely not a great punter. Um, like we, I mean, we've had some great punters at Kansas, and Damon Greaves is a good punter. Uh, you know, and he does like the 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 Aussie style punting, which is becoming more and more popular. But um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him up there in like the Ray Guy Award, you know, consideration like the guy that you guys have. But um, you're right in that like this is a game. This feels like it's completely the opposite. Whereas normally it'd be like, you know, I could see Kansas winning this game, but everything has to go right for them. This is exactly the opposite. It's like, I could see Kansas losing this game, but everything has to go wrong for them for, yep. for the Jayhawks to not get out of here with this victory. I, you know, Kansas defense. And, and like, I think even, you know, if this was beginning of the season, you know, say the first five or six games, like before the bye, um, I would be worried about Kansas getting punched in the mouth early and then having to come back. And not that they couldn't come back, but, you know, they were a team that started really slow, had to make big comebacks, and then the question was always just, can they push their advantage enough? I mean, even against BYU, they were down at the half by a field goal, right? Um, But then they came out in the second half and just completely demolished them at at home. 
this is not what they've done though. Like you look against Oklahoma, you look against Iowa State, you even look against Oklahoma State to a degree. Um, they got off to pretty fast starts in all three of those games. They seem to have figured out what it is that keeps them from performing well at the beginning of a game. And so I don't know that I'm convinced that Texas Tech could come and punch them in the mouth and build up a lead pretty early. Like, I think this is potentially be a back and forth. I think Texas Tech can hold their own for a while, but I don't know that this game is ever going to feel like it's a Kansas is going to, you know, has a really good shot to lose this game. I think it's going to be a nice battle. And the question all game long is going to be at what point does Kansas pull away? Not is Kansas going to pull away? Um, I mean, I think that really is the question, like, right? Does Kansas build a multiple touchdown lead in the third quarter and hold on to it? Or do, do they not get that multiple touchdown lead until the fourth quarter as the game is wrapping up? I'm going to lean probably towards this being a close game. Kind of like you said, you know, as much as they don't actually look ahead to Kansas State, um, and, you know, as much as they don't usually look ahead to the next game and they really stay focused I think there's enough distractions surrounding them. Well, you know about the whole Jalen Daniels situation. People are freaking out again about Jalen Daniels this week um, for whatever reason. Like he's not leaving, guys. I promise he's not transferring. You know he, they've already said he's not going to redshirt unless he just can't play the rest of the year. In which case, hey, another year of Jalen Daniels, awesome. Um, <laughs> but like, there's nothing going on that should be a big enough distraction to keep them from winning this game and winning this game handily. But these two teams play weird games. Um, you know, we've seen that all the time that they, they play weird games. There's only one team I think that I've seen weirder games with. And that's what, you know, Kansas playing TCU. Um, so I, I fully expect this game to be a lot closer than I'm prepared for. I'm going to be melting down probably at some point on the, uh, the live blog that we have just be like, why are we not winning this game by 21 yet? Um, you know, there's going to be, I think enough hiccups here that it's going to be interesting. I would glad to be wrong. And, you know, Kansas come out and build a, you know, 28, nothing lead at the half and then just cruise to a victory. But I just don't see it happening. I, I'm going to go 31, 21, I think is my official prediction um, for this game. I do think that Kansas is going to go ahead and pull ahead late and kind of put the game away like they've done. And then, you know, it's, you know, end of the business trip. It's time to, uh, to get ready for Kansas state. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this game. Hopefully it's going to be entertaining enough for both sides that, you know, you won't be leaving it mad that you wasted so much time watching a game that just wasn't great at all. So, but that is going to do it for us here today. I'll be, before we get out of here, anything else that you think people need to know about this Texas tech team? Um, I don't know. <laughs> To play football, basketball season's coming up I was, soon. I was going to say, I was expecting you to say, <laughs> well, no, not this team, but the basketball team, you know. Yeah. Uh, man, the Lady this- Raiders, actually, now friends mentioned this, Lady Raiders, they look good. They look good. I have a take that I'm, I am I, I actually put in our group chat, but I'm not really to put out to the public just yet. But uh, Lady Raider basketball looks really good, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Wait a minute. You're going to um, say that the Lady Raiders are going to win the Big 12 this year? I figured if I one up your hot, you know, your, yeah. your hot take that it won't be quite as big of a reaction when you actually put it out. Yeah, world, so. no, it wasn't yeah. that one, but, uh, but now Lady Raiders should be good. I'm, I am ready for basketball season. Um, I will say that me and Jeremy, we had a, a discussion the other day once we figured out the fact that Texas Tech is 4-0 against Texas teams and 0-5 against non-Texas teams. And uh, the question was, and um, whether what would we rather have? Would we rather have 
a bowl, which would mean us beating Kansas and UCF, which I do think we're going to beat UCF, but uh, beating Kansas and UCF, or would we rather miss a bowl and but keep the streak up, which means beating Texas? And I will say, usually, 99% of the time, I would have said, go to a bowl game. That's just another game. I want to go to a bowl game. I want to get that extra game. This is the last time we're going to play Texas for a long time. I need that. I need that five. I need that. Let me tell you something. If they lose to Kansas UCF or beat Texas, Joey, all's forgiven. Clean <laughs> slate. Clean slate. Come back next year and let's see what we can do. Clean slate. Oh, man. We've uh, had so many of those, you know, great palate cleansing type of victories, right? Kansas, Kansas beat Texas a couple years ago to, you know, kind of get that. And, yeah, Texas got him the last two, but – um, you know, no big deal. Kansas broke the huge Oklahoma win streak against them this year. Uh, Oklahoma State got the last bedlam. You guys get the last one against we Texas. Need that. Like, I'm we all for it. it. Let's get yeah. as many so of thing. these. You beat Oklahoma. You, Oklahoma can't say nothing to you. Oh, yeah. For the next decade plus. Right. They can come back and say, oh, well, you're, you're Kansas. Da, da, da. Oh, really? We're Kansas. Well, last time we played, we won. Yeah, well, right. And I mean, you know, you look, Kansas is ahead of Oklahoma in the college football, uh, playoff rankings. So boom. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oklahoma State, same thing. Oklahoma, oh, won yeah. for years, Oklahoma held the bedlam rivalry, uh, thing over Oklahoma State's head. Oh, we beat you every time you play bedlam. You can't, they cannot do that to Oklahoma State anymore. I want that so badly. I want that so bad. And I want it for you guys so badly. So yeah. let's all hope that it actually happens, even if it's it not, means it's, it's not going to happen. Even but, if it means <laughs> losing these next two games, if, if that oh, guarantees. Yes. Right. I'd exactly right. It's not going to happen though. We're not going to beat Texas, but, um, I can, I can dream. Yeah. We'll all be dreaming right along with you. All right. I'll be, where can everybody find your guys work online? Yes, uh, tortillas and takes everywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, wherever you do it. Uh, we'll be there. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, tortillas and takes podcast. So make sure to check us out in there. Also on Twitter at tortillas and takes. Um, I think we have a threads account too. Nobody's ever on it. Um, and yeah, so, that thing uh, kind of died real quick. It, <laughs> like a day or la- day later. Now I randomly like will thread thoughts just because I know nobody's on there to read them. Um, so, uh, but anyways, yeah, so check us out on Twitter, Instagram. I'm also on Twitter at Mr. Underscore I'll be sure. Um, so yeah, I, I, I let off all types of takes. I, I say the random things. Um, sometimes I think about what I'm about to tweet. Sometimes I don't, but either way, it's a roller coaster. It's a lot of fun. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us today. I'll be, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not already, please do go out where, wherever you get your podcast was Apple podcast, Spotify, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast. You can subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. Give us a rating and review, five stars, nice comments. It'd be absolutely fantastic. But if for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know that it's we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys, get you all the information you need in as entertaining way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are, of course, part of the 1012 Podcast Network covering all the teams in the Big 12 Conference, including all the new ones coming in as well. You can find links to all the great shows that we have over at 1012network.com. And you can also follow us and support us on our Patreon account. Go to patreon.com slash 1012network. I'm going to apologize to you, I'll be right now, because of the uh, the dog park article that will be coming out there uh, based off of Kelvin Sampson's comments. But uh, you may not like what I picked for Texas Tech, but that's quite all right. Make sure you guys visit our sponsors. Uh, 
you know, Charlie, Charlie Hustle and Pride's Picks get some great, fantastic deals with them. But that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.